He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Welcome to episode 125 of Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. I'm James Richardson. I'm joined as always by Barry O'Hanrahan. Hey, Barry. Hey, James. Good to be back. And to you. If uh, anybody wants to get in contact with us, our Twitter handle is a good talk golf and the email is a good talk spoiled at gmail.com. Thanks for all the interaction over the last couple of weeks. And uh, I suppose we're going to start by looking at our own games but slightly more in depth than we usually do because now the season is well and truly ended and winter has uh, descended upon us in the northern hemisphere we thought it might be a good idea to have a look back at uh, some of the stats that we've been able to glean from the uh, the game golf systems that we've been using for the for the the whole of the season and uh, to kind of have a look at where we were earlier this year what our expectations were and I suppose kind of good year, bad year, and so on. So, if anybody has been uh, kind of following the game golf, if you have game golf, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what your stats are like. So, you might tweet us at uh, a good, uh, a good talk golf. So, Barry, I suppose, um, I suppose let's start just as a broad overview. The season has now just ended. Um, your expectations at the beginning of the season were remind the, the the listeners and uh did you hit them i uh i wanted to get to single figures um i started the year not in single figures and at the very last hurdle <laughs> i fell flat on my face with the finish line just just out of reach um so what did you start at the beginning of the year? I'm just uh, pulling it up here on GolfNet. Well, you uh, finished at 9.5. I finished at 9.5. There was at one stage you were at the giddy heights thinking you might get down to a 7 or an 8. But I was on a good run, and playing pretty good, go- pretty, pretty good golf. I got down to 8.9 and um, then kind of slid back. I'm not playing terribly, but... You know the the buffer is only two shots at that stage, so you you, know, you don't have to have a particularly bad day to get point one back, and uh, that happened to me regularly. Too many times. Regular, <laughs> regular, regularly enough. Yeah, let's just. Oh, here we go. So um, finish at nine point five, and we'll go back to the start. I started the year at ten point three. So hey, net game, I'm happy with. That. I mean, point eight is good. Uh, it could have been better. Um, so. What are you going to do? Uh, well, what am I going to do is I'm going to use the stuff that we're seeing on Game Golf, which is um, we'll get to now in a second after we'll talk about your year and what you thought about your year, like your targets for the start, and then we'll get into the nitty gritty on the uh, the stats. Well, I think most people know that I suppose similar to you, the target was to get down to single figures. Didn't didn't get there. Uh, got down to nine point eight, nine point nine, I think at one stage. Uh, slipped back to ten point four. So I finished at ten which is another two-shot gain from where I was. started at 12, so it is, it's two shots down. So mm-hmm. um, while slightly disappointed, I, I realized that I probably, at the time in the middle of the year, kind of around mid-June or June through July, when I wasn't playing particularly well, 
I should have gone back to Mark much sooner and tried to get the strike back. Um, mm. And it picked up hugely over kind of from kind of mid June, uh, sorry, mid July through August and then into September. But then I was away in September, and just before I went away, I was playing really, really well. You were, and uh, and then I came back and I played pretty well as well. But when you kind of take two or three weeks out, it kind of knocks the wind out of the sails a little bit. So. Uh, lesson learned is when I know there's a problem when I'm not seeing stop trying to think you can change it yourself go back to the pro and just ask for 45 minutes or an hour just to to fix whatever was wrong and it might might not even take 45 minutes to an hour it might even be a case of um, took us 5 minutes take a video of yourself send it it might even just be he knows your swing quite well so and most pros are pretty good like if you sent him a video of your swing he might actually be able to go it's that and that or like you said when you went there it is literally 5 minutes and it's probably something really simple that you just, you just slid into the, doing that bad habit. It, it was one minor change. Uh, the ball got too far forward in the stance, um, and with that, I just wasn't getting clean enough connection, and I was losing distance because I was hitting it on the upswing. Mm. Um, and, then it, it, and I was getting away with it because while I was still hitting relatively clean shots, I was just way off the pace in terms of my yardage, which meant I just mm. kept coming up way short. Um, but having said that. Um, yeah, it, it was a good season. I was happy. I I won quite a lot over the course of the year. I was just saying to you off air that I picked up um, a new Bushnell uh, laser finder with uh, all the twos and all the vouchers I got. So there was the goods of four hundred quid that I I've kind of two forty out of the vouchers this year. So it was a really good year in that respect. I was talking to Mark. You kept your tour card. I kept my tour yeah, card yeah. and top um, hundred into the FedEx playoffs. Yeah, and I like I finished well in the golfer of the year came really close in one of the medals where I just lost by a shot and did all right in in the interclub so there was a huge amount of positives and then talking to Mark over the last while we were just chatting about it and he was like look in any year that you finish with two shots off your handicap Mm -hmm. that's really good so yeah okay you might not have got to nine which was kind of the outliner that you wanted to get to but it's the step in the right direction and it's I think uh, when when I heard Borac Harrington the other week say that like any year that finishes as a winning year is is a good year, so um, you know I was happy and when I played a good few pro ams as well, which was nice and learned a lot through that. But looking at the stats, I think were the most interesting for me this year because before game golf, I would have said the two strongest parts of my game was my driving and my putting, mm-hmm. and right now the stats are saying. Yes, pretty much with the driving, you know, you're you're bang on right up there, but the putting is the bit that's really shocked me. Um and uh it's, you, it's you and me you, both. When you when you think you're you know, you're a really good putter, then all of a sudden when you see numbers and the numbers aren't lying to you, it's it's a real kind of okay, this is this is the reason why game golf is so good. Because it, it reaffirms the good bits and it really highlights your mis un, excuse me misunderstandings of your own game and I think you've probably found that as well this year. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I always I always would have said I was a good putter. Um, never a great putter. I mean, we just we're not going to be that as an amateur golfer. But I never thought it was one of the weaker parts of my game. And uh, this is showing a very very different story altogether. Um, 
one of the cool things on the game golf system when you get into the insights and you have many rounds on it like we do now at this stage that you can do your own strokes gained for uh, a few categories and then you can do strokes gained versus different handicap categories and if I kind of go you can do one against scratch and so forth and if I try to find out where I'm a level strokes gained it's against a 15 handicapper um I'm not sure exactly what that 15 handicap is. Is it a USGA one? Is it a game golf one or whatever? But that's still, that's not good. You know, I, I'm, I'm a 10 handicapper at the moment, so I'm losing shots to a, 10, a, a standard 10 handicapper. There is a good system if you go into the, uh, into the explore and uh, the compare section. You can kind of see it broken down even better in terms of you can kind of use a benchmark system against people and you can actually see it broken down into like your fairway accuracies your GIRs because I think people can get confused about strokes gained personally I find it more Mm -hmm. difficult but when I look at it in terms of say to a scratch golfer or to kind of a four five six handicapper it gives me a really good insight as to kind of where my bits are that I need to work on and for me the two you know in terms of any anybody up to a five handicap on the system you know, like I'm right there with fairway accuracies off the tee. You know, it's like 48, 49, plays 50, some, you know, early 50s. So I'm happy with that. But for me, the big one is the greens and regs and the putting, where like I'm at 37%. And for that category, it should be like 62%. And that's where the big difference for me is the greens and reg and then the putting. I'm at 1.9 putts per hole, where a guy at like a five handicap would be off 1.7. And yeah. that's what keeps coming through with my information is putting, putting, putting and kind of short game scrambling and putting are the two bits mm. that, that I need to really work on to, to try and break into that kind of five, six handicap level. I think, yeah, the two of my scrambling and sand save percentages are dreadful as well like 15% so it's just it's not good enough so I think we need to either learn to how to, how to play those shots better or just learn how to be a Padre Harrington and just dog it and, and like have that you see you see guys out there like Harrington and Speed they, like, they have this kind of aura of hating dropping shots and I don't know what, maybe we just don't have maybe we could do it that little bit more fight and kind of really going after those um, like just hating hating losing shots like that but we do need to do a little bit of practice and technique in, in the technical terms as well like to, to, to make those shots a bit better but uh, I don't know the, the thing about the sand saves for me is I, I, I find that that's not where I'm usually in mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't find a huge amount of bunkers around the uh, the green you know just thinking about an average round I can go one or two rounds without ever seeing a bunker I might find myself in four or five then the next round but I'm not always like this. Definitely rounds of golf. I'm not in any of the bunkers. Mm. But what I am is I'm either short of the green or just over the back. Now, very rarely actually do I go long. And that's another really interesting stat when it comes mm. to game golf. How many times you're coming up short. And I'm coming up short a huge amount, which shows what all amateurs do, which is the under club. And I think that that for me with scrambling and similarly like my scrambling is like 20% when it should be 40% and I think that for me I'm not as aggressive as I should be on trying to get it close to the hole I'm, I'm nearly afraid of trying to put it 
six foot past. It's almost like because, it's a fail if we've gone past the hole. Right? Well, it's yeah. it's it's that you become really, uh, you know, you become really scared of actually trying to make the shot. And perhaps for me, one of the big things I need to do is I need to look at again how many times when I'm scrambling. Am I actually getting the ball at least to the hole? And mm. I think it flips back to one of the underlining things that I'm I'm currently working a lot on, which is the putting. Being confident at like, you know, four, five, six foot, that even if I do go six foot beyond, who cares? You know, because you'll make the next one back. And I think that's the same when it comes to scrambling. The ideal situation would be make sure that you're actually getting the ball to the hole where I think both of us probably don't do that enough, which is probably why our scrambling is so low. We certainly don't, know. One thing I just saw today, actually, when I was going through it, 10% of my pulling is three putts. That's, uh, I, um, that, hurt, that hurt to see that. Yeah, one of my 12, I think, percent. But then, again, I think that goes down to... Now, that can be, that can be sometimes misleading as well, because there's, you know, if, if you're on the back of the green, say, on the... Fifth, uh, sorry, in the sixth in Glen of the Downs, you know, good luck in trying to two putt from there. It depends know, like, on the front. It yeah. depends on the front. So there is there is quite a few occasions if you're on the wrong side of one, you know, and you've got to come over the hump. So there's a lot of greens in Glen of the Downs that have a lot of undulation that requires a bit of skill and a bit of luck to 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 try and get it. Like I say, one is a good example. Um, that's true but three is not an easy think about it this way that's basically the, what that's what it's saying we're three putting two holes around oh absolutely I, I don't dispute it but what I'm saying is that it's it's it can happen you, you, you gotta look at where it's happening as well which mm-hmm. is a slight problem if it's happening and, on and it's not always the putting's fault I, I think that's what you're probably getting at it's not the putting it's not the fault of the putting that is causing you to make that three put sometimes it's the approach shot well, it's that, and it's also, I think, that some of those three putts is because you, like, take, for instance, if we if we take the example of the first hole, which there's a big ridge right in the middle of that, and if... if this is two halves of the green, yeah. left and right side, just for people who haven't done our course. And it's going to be very, very tough. Like, it's what, 40, probably 40, 50 foot in length? You know, I don't know what the width of that across uh, is, but it's, it's a big... Yeah, it's got to be 80 foot. Then, 80 foot. Yeah, easy. You know, and you've got to get up and over... And then try, you know, it isn't easy. But I think the problem is that what we're doing in the three putts is that we're leaving them outside the eight foot. And now all of a sudden you're on 50-50 chance of making the eight footers. Oh, outside, and think, outside of four foot. Uh, outside of three. Well, the cliff falls on the, pro, on, the, on the tour, you're looking at a huge drop off from eight foot eight. So it's a 50-50 on the eight foot. Mm. For and, pro. And, no, <laughs> yeah. no, but like for if you take it that for, for the moment, about six, at least five, if you can foot. get it inside yeah. eight foot. Yeah. Then we have it, you know, we're still only at 50 50. Mm-hmm. But to get it within eight foot from 40 50 foot is probably the big problem for us. You know, it's, it's, it's getting the big lag putts mm. down. And sometimes our greens, while they're lovely at times, some of those three putts I'd like to see if they were towards hollow cord times or times that the greens weren't in great condition. Because, you know, like for instance, I know I can name at least twice where. It, it was at hollow court that I had a few rounds where three putts were a big problem. Yeah, yeah, I remember um, that. Yeah, yeah. And the ball just bouncing and bobbling. Well, and you just can't help it. You know, it's just it is what it is. Um, yeah. More interestingly, I think the problem I have 
is that I'm only at 24 25% of one putts. And that's that's really my big problem because that underlines the second aspect for my game, which I need to work on, which is inside 100 yards, getting it close. You know, kind of 100 yards, 50 yards, 25 yards, where you want to get into that radius of giving yourself a really good chance of making the putt. And for me, they're the two aspects that like I think from my game I can really tidy up I could see a huge drop off over mm. the next while so plans for the winter based on all of what we've discussed and what we're missing putting for you yeah, well I've already game. started that uh, so I've, I'm now three months into a program with a specialist putting coach um, uh, so that's that's a lot of work that I'm doing uh, incredibly more technical as a stroke than I ever gave it credit for I have to admit um, it's, uh, it's, it's an incredible experience and I have to say if anybody is looking at their game golf system and, and looking at putting they really should go and find a specialist putting coach a lot of the pros in fairness Mark said you know I do a lot of putting is purely by feel so it's not an area of expertise for him and that's why I went off to Donald Scott, who has been absolutely incredible. And just the work and seeing it on the computer system that he has, mm. seeing the difference between where I was even two months ago to where I am now is, is phenomenal. Like it's it's going to I would love to reset the system in game golf come kind of March and then see what the new season brings with with putting sats pretty sure we can ice you can isolate it to like your last x number of rounds and i'm sure and i'm definitely going to be doing that to see kind of the the this season versus next season oh, be, in terms of the qu- difference of of, of putting stats it'll be great I mean, we'll only see this next year but if you can do a year on year comparison it'll be very interesting to see that for uh, for both of us uh, going forward so yeah well similarly to you um i'm, I'm gonna do take an awful lot more week competition weeks off this uh, this winter and I think I might actually just take a a block of a few weeks off from the game just to just to give it a break and kind of build a little bit of hunger for it again um, kind of a little bit tired of it at this stage I guess just it's it's a time of year when the course conditions deteriorate the weather deteriorates it's cold it's windy it's sometimes wet and rainy and it's just not re- you don't really have that appetite and fire to go out and play so I'm going to take each week as it comes from the, for the time being and maybe not play in a competition going the course. I'll go to the range or I'll go to, say, Carton House to the short game facility there and practice short game and putting. And those are the two things I, it clearly I'm pointed towards by game golf that I need to work on this winter is short game and putting. And what does a... When you go, when you go into your insights, for me, I can gain 2.2 shots per round between my long putting and my short game accuracy from 25 yards in versus and a walk off no no uh, just if you scroll down sorry we're doing oh, this oh yeah yeah so, uh, so your short game 1.5 and inside uh, so inside 10 feet is another shot so if I, yeah, yeah if, if I improve those two things it's, mine's matched up against a scratch golfer here at the moment strokes gain versus a scratch golfer so there's two and a half strokes very quickly available to me if I work on those two areas of my game. Um, I'm dropping nearly six strokes against a, stra- a scratch golfer in short game and putting. 
Um, whereas my long game, I'm only dropping five. So th- there's a d- there's a definite area for targeting improvement. Um, that's not to say we, we can just by you know, overall ignore the uh, the long game, but that's something you can start working on again, maybe in February and March, just locking that down when the, you know before the season kicks in. But for the next few weeks, it'll be uh, the short sticks, really. And I think I think it's probably an well, I say that as I'm going to the guy, I thought it was going to be the easier side of things to go and, and be able to find those kind of two or three shots on yeah. the green. Uh, not necessarily as easy as I thought it would be. I thought it would be a case of just a couple of adjustments and, okay, go out there and just practice and you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, uh, just bend your finger around the shaft a little bit more and you'll be all good. And but it's, it's it, it is, uh, I think it's also about confidence as well, particularly around the green, that if, you know, and uh, it's great having guys around you like Mark or like Donald or whoever is helping and and any guy that the you know the listeners are going to that will actually be able to say you you're doing well keep going you know which is I think half the battle in this is to to kind of walk out on the course thinking hey I'm going to play well today and I'm going to enjoy myself and I think that's the bit as well I want to work a lot on mentality again I've been doing quite a bit but I'd like to work on dealing with kind of when we get to kind of strokes competitions and you know if you are playing well or you know dealing with pressure that like when you're coming down the stretch at kind of 14 15 yeah, and you look at your card over, and you're kind of going, okay geez you know i'm on for a really good score here and being able to deal with it and deal with the adrenaline and kind of mm-hmm. feed into it rather than buckle under it and kind of try throw and, it away try and nurse home that score and say so, yeah we should i mean there's a good argument for Obviously, you should be continue to do what you did to get you into that place in the first place. But you know, yeah, it's being it's being aware of what what round you're on and uh, and dealing with that and maybe pushing on and attacking even more rather than being defensive. I mean, I think back to most of the disasters you have on these uh, the good the, the rounds you know you're on a good round. Usually, it's because you're trying to defensively nurse the ball and you know go oh, just I'll just easy you know get a little sneaky bogey here or something or you know I can. And that, that cost me my medal yeah. because I played really, really well. You played awesome. And I finished 77 gross. And I know that I bogey the 18th because for whatever reason, it wasn't that I thought the job was done by any stretch because I didn't know it was a good day and I thought mm. that people would post a good score. But my thinking was if I par this, it should be there or thereabouts. And for the first time from I think the 7th or 8th hole when I went on a really good run all of a sudden I kind of just slightly went into my shell and I stopped hitting a positive shot and I think I came up short of the green and two chipped up and then I two putted for a bogey or sorry I was on the green middle of the green and the the flag was back left and I didn't really get a very good putt to it there's another instance where on our course where a three putt is more than likely from where you left yourself yeah well I know that I was in the middle of the green sorry in two and I remember saying to myself I want to hit my nine iron here but if with the adrenaline I hit this really well I'm now looking at the 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 water water, and I can't go for the flag so I was middle of the green with the wedge mm. and then to try and come up over the ridge and I only just held on to the upper level and mm-hmm. then I just missed the, the park pole which I think was probably six, eight feet away. About that, yeah. Um, but I know myself that I dealt with the pressure quite well kind of around 14, 15, 16 
but it was when I got to the 18. Yeah, 17 or 18. And then all of a sudden when I put it on the green, I was thinking, okay, I got the putter in the hand here. Two putts, done. Mm. Um, but dealing with that pressure, and I think also for when we get to a point where we're playing really competitive inter-club competitions that like we can deal with the pressure and, and really thrive on it, and also sometimes deal with the pressure when we're not playing well and going, oh God, i got to get in within a two-shot buffer here so I don't fall back out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also where pressure, sometimes we don't necessarily deal with it as well. I think we kind of get to 14, 15 and go, ah, feck it, who cares? And it can sometimes slip away then. And it can happen. And there's nothing in our games that could stop us from playing the last four or five holes and two under par and saving that round. There's nothing, you know, we've, we've done it before. So, yeah, that's but that's I think it's I think it, it, it builds over the course of round and mm-hmm. I think it's it's the big thing when you and I, when we, if sometimes when we don't play with each other and we go and play with other people and we're relaxed and just enjoying and having the crack, we both end up coming in with really good scores. And sometimes I think that if it, boils on one and then it boils on the other and then it just kind of builds and then you kind of get to kind of 14, 15 and go, screw it, I'll just kick it around until I get in because I'm just, I'm done with this We're, we're too symbiotic. <laughs> um, so look, it's it's been an interesting season. Um, the mm, game golf, yeah. something that you'd recommend to people going out to get, uh, Christmas is coming and, uh, you know, I, I know that we're converted but for people who... Other amateurs who may not have it or may not have thought about getting it, is it the kind of thing that they should be asking Santa for? I think so, absolutely. Um, it's a, it's a, I don't know. I, it's, it's a brilliant thing. It's something I would have put my money to anyway. Um, thank you so much to Game Golf for sorting us out with those. I mean, it's, it's been, a, it's a brilliant thing for us. And, um, a couple of our listeners now have them as well. So, and, um, through competitions and we know a couple of you out there have bought them on the back of what you've heard. Um, it would be great to hear feedback from people who've bought them this year. Um, after hearing about them on the show and how it's helped their games or what they plan to do on the off season or, you know, has anybody else seen them and gone, what is that? And, you know, and gone and got one as a result. And just before we move past it, like in terms of, um, the way the system works, you know, there's a thing on your belt, you tag your club. Mm-hmm. Did you ever feel that that was impeding your game or did you feel that it was a very seamless ability to, to be able to integrate this into your game without actually affecting kind of the way you played? Or It's just part of the pre-shot routine now. Um, what was I doing the other day? I didn't... I didn't music the other day for the 12 hole competition in uh, on Saturday morning and I found myself on a number of shots pulling the club to my left side where I have the, the tag to actually tag it um, as part of the pre-shot routine so it's a seamless part of my pre-shot routine now which is great I mean the, the thing with the live system is it does have automatic shot detection so the, the unit does detect your you know the movements of your body for a swing so if you do forget the tag it can do that you can also go back after the round and just you know if you've missed a tag, it's very easy to just. And you don't have to buy this system. You can no. download their app and and input it yourself uh, over absolutely. the course of it. So it's it's not something that people actually have to go out and pay for the full system. It certainly makes life easier. I have to admit, it's it's definitely the lazier way to doing it. But um, well, look, you, you pay you pay for the convenience of of um, it doing it automatically for you. But yeah, buy, like the app is free. Or, you know, you can put in your shots for free and you get the data for free. So 
you know, there's it's the units and the convenience that that you pay for, and it is. I must say, with the live system, it is very convenient. Um, the only thing I, don't, I would like them to do is just to make the beep just a vibration rather I, than because it does start. I think grating on people that you're playing with when all they hear is beep. Beep, yeah. and you're kind of go. Sorry, that's uh, that's just me putting my game golf stuff on, <laughs> and it's like I mean, what's if I hear that F and beep again, <laughs> you know, especially if they're not having a good round, and all they're hearing on the green when they're doing it is like beep, <laughs> beep. <laughs> um, if they just did the vibration, I think that would be a really. If you could turn the the the, the little audio beep now, normally because it's under a jumper for me, it's it's muffled a good bit, a little bit, but. I wonder if a firmware update could actually get rid of the beep and just have it as a vibration. I would love it to be just a vibration because it isn't. You can feel the vibration even oh, when you are wearing those. There's no, and there's no need for that audible beep as for for us, anyways. And yeah, it is. It's one little thing in the system, but it's it's a very minor thing altogether. Um, you just yeah, you got to be sometimes careful about it, like when you do it or where you do it. But uh, right in the middle of someone's backstroke. Definitely not a good idea. Um, I haven't tried that yet, nor will I. But overall, highly recommend it. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it gets if, if you're doing a product review, say for Christmas, it gets an eight and a half, nine out of ten. There's a few things it, it could have, you know, tweaks on, but uh, overall, yeah, the recommendation is a buy from me. I think if you're going to buy anything this year for your golf game that you think is going to improve yourself, and you're thinking and leaning towards a new driver or a new putter or a new this, actually, the game golf is probably the first thing you should buy oh, because 100%. it will indicate to you. Because you might be hitting your driver really, really well. And in fact, when you see the stats, and it goes back, if we swing back to what I said at the beginning, the two things I thought I was always really good at, driving and putting. And this proved that actually the putting isn't as hard as I thought it was. Um, This gives you the truth. Whereas what you have in your head is the the, the truth you've built up in your own head about your own game, but it's not necessarily And every pro, so like Mark and Donal, both use my game golf stats to know where to help me improve Mm -hmm. so if you are getting lessons rather than going and buying the brand new driver which might get you you know really not a huge amount of of advantage actually paying for this system using it for a good few rounds and then using it with your pro you'll probably see bigger gains Mm -hmm. than spending four or five hundred euros on the new whatever driver and then thinking oh well this is going to be what will fix everything when that might not actually well, be what you need to work on I think the wonderful thing is that you can bring a massive set of data condensed into like here are the stats for my game over a huge number of rounds I can bring that to a pro and go here's my game this is it and so he's now getting all of that plus he gets to see what my swing is like in, in, you know, in reality but he's getting so much more to help him help me you know with my game so um yeah i think that's a great call if you, you know if there's a, if there's a club in your head that uh, or you want to buy a new club or something for your game i think this is probably the best investment for your game that you could make um, ahead of a, a golf club if you think a golf club is going to save you or improve your game i think this will do it way better all right well look for people who do have the system a good talk golf is the twitter handle let us know how your season went and um, let us know your stats and um, and I suppose if uh, if you hit your targets or didn't hit your targets, you can let us know. It's always good to see, and 
it's always nice following people as well on the the game golf system which i always enjoy uh yeah. being able to see people posting scores looking at different golf courses around the world which is nice well yeah and i think i think by the number of people that have followed us and we followed them back that over the course of the year since we got it that shows that it has it is spreading and it is getting into people's pockets or they're using the app and that they're getting on board with it and um hopefully everybody's getting seeing benefit and uh it's and, going and to save you money in the long run because as I say you won't waste it on other items that sure. you don't need and you don't waste having five or six lessons with a pro that is only just going to find out where or how you're playing this information is just a, an absolute gold mine it is also sometimes quite good fun I usually come home and look at it back and kind of go oh, oh yeah that was where that happened there oh, you're yeah. so perverse You just uh, the first thing you do anytime I upload a round is you just look for the worst shot I've hit all day and go so what happened on the eighth hole in your approach? It is shot? quite good fun though, uh, you know, especially if you've hit like a really crappy knockdown shot. Yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah. it's sometimes good to to pick the really bad ones. To I don't really watch the really good ones. I'm just no, looking no, for no. two or three bad. It's ones. Just to take the focus <laughs> off your own bad ones as well. You're like, what did you do on that one there? Did you have a double shank? <laughs> well, normally, to be fair, I'm playing with you, so I can see when you do that. But when I wasn't playing with you and I did see the double shank and I was like how did you go right and then right again yeah, how did finish behind you I don't uh, want to know so no it is it's a bit of crack and it is good fun and it's it's good for the interaction but look let's let's move on from that and uh, talk about a couple of things Phil Nicholson was having a hernia operation um, this week that's pretty much that out of the way Rory McIlroy has been having a bit of a go about the Ryder Cup fallout, um, and I think we'll probably come back to that in greater detail over the next while. But as, as more and more players throw their tuppence into the ring, yeah, look, it, that, this debate's going to go on for the next couple of years while um, I think while the next Ryder to, Cup builds up. I yeah. think they just have to accept it wasn't their year. It was in the states. They just got beaten. They you know, and that's, that's just the way it is. I think the worst thing they could do right now is to try and change the whole system, change the qualifying, yeah. changing this, changing that, and then find ourselves. We have a winning formula. Okay, it didn't work this year, but hey, we, we won three in a row. We at least had a chance. Now, mm-hmm. we've talked at length in our previous shows, if people want to go back and listen to the Ryder Cup reviews, where we think it was lost. The system isn't why it was lost. Paul Casey not playing isn't why we lost. Uh, it was just simply it was what it was and I think that maybe Rory and these guys you know I know they're disappointed but like just let it go and just let's not get into an American thing about having like a committee after another committee after another committee to try and change everything when it doesn't need changing if in two years we lose in Paris then we might need to look at it but I think for the time being, just let sleeping dogs lie at yeah. this stage. I, know, like, I think the guys are probably, they're all just, they're getting asked the question, so they're going to offer their opinion. And if they see a possibility for improving the system in a certain way, they're, they're going to give the opinion. You know, they, um, they're just being decent and talking to the media. I really, I, after listening to a few of them here and there, I think Harrington probably has the the best take on it out of all of them. He said, look, there's nothing really wrong with the system, it's been highly successful. The only thing that he suggested is maybe push the cut off a couple of weeks closer to the Ryder Cup rather than having it a month in advance. I like that shout. But they're, they're little tweaks, yeah. like giving the captain another pick. You know, that's another tweak. It's where I think there's the whole thing talk changes. about kind of big changes about having to be a member of the European Tour or not and so on and so forth. Well, I think. Maybe there's a way or that you have changing one, it too well, much. Maybe there's a way that you add a captain's pick, but that captain's pick can be any European golfer. 
yeah, that could that be a way, be to, way do to do it. it. So, uh, look, I'm sure, I'm sure we're going to have a plenty of debates over the next couple of years as things come out and about. But, but um, let's move on and do a quick review of uh, the last couple of weeks. And starting at the LPGA, Barry, you were having a look at the last two weeks with the ladies. And uh, yeah, it was just one of them decided she was going to win both tournaments. Shan Shan Feng won the Syme Derby LPGA Classic by three shots from Suzanne Pedersen and then went on next week to win the Toto Japan Classic uh, by one shot from Hannah Jang. So, um, yeah, it was pretty greedy two weeks for her. Nobody else was getting a look in, and um, she's a... A back-to-back ha- winner. Back-to-back um, winner, happy out. And we'll look ahead to, to this week's uh, LPGA and, and the rest of the year tours in a minute, but the WGC, which seems a long time ago at the moment, but the WGC HSBC Championship, which was played in Shanghai... Uh, won by Matsuyama and uh, becomes Japan's first WGC champion. Um, it was a great week for him over the course of it. Mm-hmm. Really, really put a marker down. It, Strong field as well. Like forty-two of the world's top fifty were out there, so a lot of the guys made the trip out there. And and the guy like Matsuyama, you know, I think probably since I came on this podcast with Bobby and and the guys that like we've always been talking about just how good Matsuyama is, and when yeah. it comes to practically every major. He's the kind of guy that we always seem to have in our group of he, he could win this week. Yeah, hasn't quite got over the line, but this surely is a good indication, as you say, strong, strong field. You know, forty odd top fifty players played phenomenal. Um, I mean, he superb he, golf, and he kind of telegraphed it the week before, week before. He played very well and held on to the form and just played magnificent golf. Nobody was touching him. And uh, it shows what he can do when he when he catches a stride, and surely like he, he does have the abilities to beat a very strong field, and he's proven it now. So you have it, to. It, it seems strange to say he's the kind of guy who could have a breakout season next year when when we know that he is one of the top players in yeah. the world anyway. But breaking out into that kind of to go on and win a major next year must surely at this stage be Matsuyama's main focus. It has to be, yeah. Or that or win a couple of events on the PGA Tour on prime big, time. Big events. On the prime events. time TV in the States. I mean, I was I was listening to another uh, golf podcast. and How dare Jack- you cheat on us? Ah, well, just listen to see if we steal some good ideas. Now, the Jeff Shackleford's one, and they were saying that the uh, this had like one of the lowest ratings for a golf tournament, uh, TV ratings all year. Which, it's understandable because of the time difference, and we didn't get to see an awful lot of it. I did watch the highlight show, but um, yeah, it's, it's a tough one to keep an eye on, um, being out in China. But the guy has shown he has the game to beat the, the top in the world, and he will be, uh, he'll be all guns blazing come to four majors next year, and he might just, uh, he might just pop the head in and get, grab the winner's trophy in one of them. Well, let's look at the European Tour. It was at the Turkish Airlines Open over in Turkey, unsurprisingly. It was played over the 7,159-yard uh, par 71. And uh, we're now really moving towards the, the end of the season, the race to Dubai. So we're, we're getting more limited fields. And, uh, Barry, you had a look at this over the course of the weekend. I did see a little bit of it, not a huge amount, but um, Torbjorn Olsson uh, decided to stop missing cuts and playing awful golf and uh, won the tournament by four shots, sorry, nope, by three shots from David Horsey. Um, he went into the final round, I think it was with a seven-shot lead and just managed it very well. Um, with a, I think he had a Nike bag, but um, he's one of the 
the Nike players, sorry, the uh, the ex Nike um, equipment players, who is only using one Nike club anymore. He's using the Method putter, but he switched every other club in the bag to a TaylorMade club. Um, so I don't know that TaylorMade must be loving all this pre- this free press you're getting at the moment. A lot of the Nike players have switched across to TaylorMade gear with success. So um, yeah, he's a he's a seriously talented player and. Uh, Shows you don't need an awful lot of form just to be able to turn it on any given week and win it. Yeah, and I suppose that just shows the competitiveness of it. Uh, the Sanders Farms Championship was the PGA Tour event two weeks ago. It was at the Country Club of Jackson in Mississippi. 7,421 uh, yard par 72. And uh, Gribble wins on 20 under uh, by four shots over Greg Owen. Um, it was at the time a pretty weak field, but it's yes. it's great for him. That was the um, the opposite field event from the WGC, so it was a yeah a weak field event. But they're all very they're all very good golfers. He gets his first win on tour, and um, he's pretty much just set for the set for the season now. Um, and then I suppose last week's PGA Tour event was the Shriners Hospital for Children in Las Vegas, Nevada, and uh, I suppose this was um, again it was a, a, a mixed field to be fair to it, but. Uh, Rod Pampling won a 20 under after a 6 under finishing round ahead of Brooks Kepka at 18 under. Um, I suppose Francesco Molinari's 10 under was really the story of the day. Um, the final day, in yeah. The yeah. final round. Well, P- Pampling had a bit of a wobble on 10 and 12, but really just um, the putter got hot again for the finishing, finishing stretch. Um, hit a pound of a drive down 18 um, with a one shot lead. Had a great approach over the top of the pin and drained about a thirty-five footer, thirty thirty-five footer to to lock up, to lock up the victory, with Kepka sitting over maybe an eighteen twenty footer to that would have um, got him to nineteen under. You know, good win, first win in ten years. Um, carried on the momentum like he had a great first day. He shot sixty and had a putt for a fifty-nine. So um, you know, it's it's not always when you have that. Really, really low range. You go on and win the tournament, or you maintain what you had at the start of the week. But um, you know, fair play to Rob Hamping, and there was some seriously uh, big emotions shown on the, after after the win. So, yeah, good win for the guy. And I suppose then, if we look ahead to the LPGA, this week's tournament is uh, now. I was about to say, oh, it is the City Bank of Max um, International Invitational in Mexico City. It's going to be played over the 6,804 yard par 72. Inby Park is defending. Uh, I don't know, Barry, if you have any. Uh, I have a few here. Uh, yes, it's a very short field. So, there's what, three? There's about 45 players or so. So, Brooke Henderson is the favourite of 4 to 1. Anna Nordqvist, who had a good week there a couple of weeks ago out in Asia, 6 to 1. Carlotta Seganda is 9 to 1. In Kyung Kim is ten to one, Mi Jung Her twelve to one, along with Fatlum, and the rest of the field are sixteen to one and out. So uh, I'm guessing this is a no cut event with only about forty five players playing. Yeah, so. it seems to be the Invitational, so probably mm. uh, probably a good shout. Uh, Some good prices out there. Paula Creamer has been showing a little bit of form recently. She's fifty to one in a short field event. So. And it's sometimes when you do have the short field events, it is a place where you can find uh, decent uh, odds with mm. a fairly all right, usually kind of a, what is it, what, first four placing? First four places, yeah, with first the four places. Paddy Power playing first four places, we're just reading the odds off there, and 
quarter quarter of the odds. So yeah, a little bit of value to be had there, maybe. So let's look at the European Tour, and we're in the second of the uh, race to Dubai, which is at the Ned Bank Golf Challenge, hosted by Gary Player in Sun City in South Africa. It's uh, being played over the very long 7,831-yard par 72, but it is at altitude, I assume, is it? Yes. Um, and uh, I suppose a few players that are in the hunt have um, taken this week off to travel to South Africa from Turkey. And mm-hmm. uh, Barry, do you have the uh, the odds here for, for this event? Yeah, Henrik Stenson is a strong favourite, 4-1. to one. Alexander Noren, 16-1. to one. He's uh, very hot at the moment with the three wins recently. Ross Fisher playing well, eighteen to one. Charles Schwartzel home game for him, twenty to one. Martin Keimer, Brandon Grace, Thomas Peters are twenty two to one. Rafa Cabrera Bellos twenty five to one, alongside Louis Tyson, Tyrrell Hatton, Andy Sullivan, Danny Willett, who's saying he doesn't really want to be playing golf at the moment, is twenty eight to one, but kind of has to show up, seeing as he's second in the race to Dubai. So uh, and Masters champion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, you know. Whatever, get on with it, <laughs> I guess. Yost Leighton's 35 to 1, as is Chris Wood and Tong Chai Jai Alexander Levy, 40 to 1. Tommy Fleetwood, 40 to 1. Matthew Fitzpatrick, 45 to 1, alongside last week's runners up, runner up, uh, David Horsey. And Torbjorn Olsen is 50 to 1. And so the rest of the field are that and out. And, like, usually, like, you look at these kind of events and it has a tendency to be a South African when it's the normal events, like the Alfred Dunhill back in last November, uh, Charles Schwarzschild won that. Um, you know, So there's usually a fairly good local kind of feel about it. It is slightly different being uh, the race to Dubai, so we yeah. don't have as many South Africans playing. But, but definitely keep an eye out for maybe one of them going for like a first round leader bet. They can re- one of them can just get off to a ripping start, and it happens quite often. So uh, it could be a little fun bet to have this week. Yeah, um, and then I suppose looking over then stateside, it's the PGA's being at the OHL Classic. It's uh, being played over in Mexico on the 6,987-yard par 71, and GMAC, who obviously used this event last year to put a win in the column, uh, is returning. And again, let's look at the uh, betting at this, if you have it there, Barry. Yep. Uh, Russell Knox fourteen to one. Miliano Grillo is eighteen to one, or Grillo, sorry, I think it is. John Ram eighteen to one. Jim Furyk twenty-two to one. Keegan Bradley playing pretty well these days, twenty-eight to one, alongside Scott Piercy and G Mac himself, defending champion. Billy Horschel thirty-three to one, as is Harris English, Siwoo Kim, and Chris Kirk, who uh, has had a good last couple of weeks. And we have a few on 40 to 1 with Mark Leishman, Martin Laird, Gary Woodland, Tony Finnow, and Anurban Lahiri, who um, kind of blew up in the final round there. Uh, was it last week? Had a nine, I think, of quad, quad or yeah. quintuple quad so, bogey on the par five. So, play one. One of the things that we were talking about was that actually the states at the moment, the odds are all over the place because they're just so bunched, they clearly haven't got a clue who's going to win or lose in yeah. any given week at the moment. You just smooth, so like, smooth it out. Odds. You can kind of see from 14 to 1 right down, you know, everyone is pretty bunched. So it's kind of shows the level of where the fields are at at the moment that, uh, you know, even Graham McDowell returning there 28 to 1. Uh, Keegan Bradley had a good week last week, 28 to 1. Jim Furyk is always there or thereabouts, 20, 22 to 1. And but these are big of, odds in the grander scheme of yeah. you know where 
you're going to probably be able to put a dart in a little lower at the kind of 80, 90, 100 yard to one and probably find a guy heading into the top six with that. Short course, you know, everybody can contend. You know, the bombers can go well. The short, accurate guys can go well. Um, obviously, how, how easy it is to score in the course will depend on the weather conditions and how uh, if the wind gets up or not. But, um, yeah, so look... Obviously, our best wishes are with uh, our boy GMAC for his defensive title. You know, could probably do it. Had a, has had a bit of a tough 2016, if we're being honest. Yeah, but look, you know what? He got a W there last year, and no reason to think that he might not be able to do it again this year. So, and um, Also, not to mention our own Seamus Power as well, who's been po- poking the head up around the leaderboards the last couple of weeks. So. Yeah, had a really tough final round a couple of weeks ago, which was uh, disappointing to see after putting himself in contention. But... He's gonna learn, and mm-hmm. uh, you know it's 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 not easy out there, as I'm sure they tell you. So, look, I suppose that is the week that's coming in, and the week that was actually kind of the last couple of weeks because we were yeah. a bit lazy last week. Um, you should have just gone with it. <laughs> yeah. So, look, um, if anybody wants to get in contact with us, the Twitter handle is at a good talk golf. The email is a good talk spoiled at gmail let us know what you think about your own game golf uh, systems, your own stats, mm. your own kind of the season. Anybody in the Southern Hemisphere who's coming into their season, not that it, we're in any way jealous of you, uh, let us know what your plans for the season are and what your targets are. But um, other than just that... Just don't send too many sunny photos. We couldn't handle it. Yeah, no, that's true. So I suppose that just leaves me to say thank you, for Barry to say thank you, and uh, to wish you all a really enjoyable weekend of golf if you're playing it or watching it, and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye, <laughs> 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 Well, you're fine. Bye-bye. <laughs>